Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey, and with me every single week is the one and only Lynn Martez. Lynn, what's up, man? Dynamic duo. I don't know about all that. A little football, man. We're getting uh, closer and closer to actually training camp. But before that, OTAs finished up this week. And next week, many, 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 many camp. Let's roll. Yes, the vets will be in the house at the Advent Health Training Center this coming week. But before we get to that, Lynn and I are going to rewind. We were both present at the OTA practice that was open to the media this past week. So we'll give you our takes on what we saw there in person. And then we'll get into uh, some comments made by the Bucks coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff, Byron Leftwich quarterback coach Clyde Christensen spoke to the media and there were some interesting comments from Christensen regarding one Tom Brady but before we get into everything let's just give you a quick social reminder you can follow Len Martez on Twitter at Elmar810 you can follow myself at TD Experience and you can follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation now wherever you're listening to this whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, please do us a huge favor and just subscribe. And it helps you out too, because every week when a new show drops, you don't even have to do anything. It'll just download to your phone. Apple Podcasts, it recently did an update. So instead of, click, there's not a subscribe button anymore. It's just like a little plus sign or something like that. And then reviews help us big time with the algorithms on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, so we can bring you the best show possible. Now, Lynn, let's let's talk about it. This past week at OTAs, and let's talk about attendance, because that was uh, kind of a buzzword with Bruce Arians and the meeting, uh, meeting with the media afterwards. And it was also interesting because of who was there this week versus who was there the week prior and then who wasn't there. And the one that was noticeable was one Keyshawn Vaughn, running back who might be competing for a roster spot on this team or at least significant playing time with a new veteran that the Buccaneers brought in in Giovanni Bernard. Bernard was uh, present at OTAs this past week, but Keyshawn Vaughn, after attending the first week, was not there. Bruce Arians told the media after the practice that Vaughn was working out with Tom Brady uh, and the other veterans. They did have a practice at one buck place, but it's just interesting to me that he was there the first week, not there the second week. And especially considering the fact that we already knew it was reported that Bernard worked out with Brady and company and was at OTAs. Is this just a case of, you know, Giovanni Bernard is the new guy, so he's really trying to, you know, I don't want to say get on the good side, but just get more familiar with the coaching staff and stuff like that uh, when Vaughn knows them. I, Bruce Arian speaking after after practice, I mean, he said he was working out with Brady, but he wished he was there as well. Yeah, as far as Gio's concerned, he's a pro. He's, he's a veteran in this league nine years, and he's switching teams for the first time. So 
because he is a, 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 a pro and a veteran and, and he, he handles his business as, as best as you can, he's going to put every, every effort forward to make sure that his new team knows where, where his heart is as far as being, though it is May and June, he's going to put his best foot forward and, and, and ingratiate himself to a team that is, that is looking for a third down back but it's also the defending Super Bowl champions. So when you join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and whether it's Gio Bernard or anyone else, including the rookies, you're joining this football team that is already made for another run at a Super Bowl. And Gio hasn't tasted a Super Bowl yet. He doesn't have a ring. so Hasn't even tasted a deep playoff run. No, no deep playoff runs. Yeah. Remember, he's, he's, he's been a Bengal for, for the last nine years, so eight years. So because of that, he's probably pumped to want to be around this Advent Health Training Center and be around the veterans that are practicing with Tom Brady and also be around the coaching staff that produced a Super Bowl winning team in 2020-2021. So you know, as far as Gio is concerned, He's going to he's going to take everything in because again that's what he is he's he's a pro's pro and he's looking at the opportunity to be the third down back on his football team. Yeah, and he definitely we saw a lot of that at uh, OTAs this past week. You asked Bruce Arians after practice about what he sees from Geo in the screen game. We saw a lot of that in uh, what we were able to see with Kyle Trask and Ryan Griffin running the offense there. Uh, another comment Bruce made to the media was that when asked if he there was anything that he wished he saw during OTAs that he didn't see, and he mentioned about 10 more players. And he's like, "There's there are guys that aren't here that are competing for a roster spot, and they don't even know it. Uh, one player that was specifically asked about by the media was Tyler Johnson. Neither you nor I uh, think that he is really competing for a roster spot on this football team. We think he's going to make it. One interesting to me that hasn't been there is a Justin Watson, who I think is definitely going to be in a battle to uh, make this football team because of how crowded that wide receiver room is. Just looking up and down the, the Buccaneers roster, is there anybody else that you haven't seen at OTAs that you that you think that Bruce might be talking about Watson, obviously, is, as I said, is the one that sticks out to me. Yeah. You, when you start thinking about the reserves on this football team, you kind of think in terms of a lot of those guys that aren't there produced, you know, when you start thinking about the interior of the defensive line, when Vito Vey went out, you start thinking about the guys who played when Vey was injured and you think about Nacho, you think about, Will Golston. You think about guys who made plays and basically told you their value on this football team. So I don't see those guys. I don't see those type of players being a guy that Bruce might be entailing. One of the guys you mentioned is, is Justin Watson. And that, you know, we talk about it over and over when it comes to having guys on that wide receiver or in that wide receiver room and saying, because you know the music the music can stop as far as musical chairs are concerned but you got a seat and there's some guys that when the music stops it's not gonna have a seat 
And Justin Watson may quite be one of those guys come 2021 when we get into training camp and the end of the preseason when you're cutting down to 53. There are guys like that, but they're scattered. I don't know that there's a, you know, guys don't jump out at me when, when I think about guys that, you know, when, when it comes to that, because there, there are guys that are reserves on the football team. They're not part of the 22, but they've made plays and showed their value on this football team. So to me, and I could be dead wrong, but to me, that says, that says to this coaching staff, we want to keep that guy around. Yeah, and I agree with you. The one name kind of on the other side of it, when you're talking about guys who were at OTAs that I think are probably super likely to make this football team, regardless of what happens in training camp, I think Anthony Nelson is is uh, that guy outside linebacker. You mentioned uh, him when we were talking about the first week of OTAs, but we mentioned wide receivers, and let's talk about two wide receivers that Justin Watson might be competing with for a spot on this football team. And one of the more interesting takeaways that both you and I had from OTAs this past week is the relationship that's going on between Jaden Mickens and Jalen Darden, uh, the rookie out of North Texas, who is looking to get a lot of time at kick returner this year. And Mickens was a guy who was returning kicks for the Bucks last year. Now, special teams is what started practice this past week at OTAs and Darden and Mickens were both back there. When that period ended, Jalen uh, Darden was pulled aside by Jaden Mickens and Mickens was going over a ton of things, the rules in the NFL when it comes to touchbacks and returning kicks and, and things like that. And Bruce was asked about it after practice and he kind of brought up a situation back in his Steelers days when Jerome Bettis kind of taught a guy to take his job, basically. But to me, that's a little bit different uh, because Jerome Bettis was going to be on that football team no matter what. Jaden Mickens might be, it's, I don't want to say out on the street because he might very well get picked up by another team, but that's a guy you're directly competing with. You still got to like to see it from a veteran, though, obviously, uh, especially if, you know, other coaches are calling the Bucks coaching staff, ask, what do you think about this guy or something like that? I'm sure Mickens is going to get high marks, but that, it's just a little bit surprising to me in a world where the NFL is just so cutthroat for roster spots, especially in a position like that. Yeah, Bruce referenced Jerome Bettis, as you mentioned, the bus, Pittsburgh days. And he mentioned Willie Parker being taught by Jerome Bettis to eventually take his job. Jerome at the time was on, you know, he was, he was on the back nine. He was near the end of his career. And the reality was that here's this young guy. And whether Jerome, you know, wants it or not, his job's going to be taken by Willie Parker. And eventually that's what happened. In this situation where you have two young wide receivers, one with some years under his belt in the NFL and another who's coming in as a rookie, but both guys are going to be competing for special teams and, and wanting to be that return guy, whether it be the punt return guy or the kick return guy. When it comes to Jaden Mickens and what he did, it's a matter, for me, it's a matter of no matter what job you have, 
It's a matter of the connections you make and the networking you do. And the connections that Jaden Mickens is making here in Tampa Bay with this coaching staff, which may extend further than Tampa Bay, if and when Todd Bowles gets a head coaching job, if and when Byron Lefwich gets a head coaching job, or whatever it is, the, the branches that reach out through the NFL <laughs> go a long way. And if someone calls Byron Lefwich, even when he's still here in Tampa Bay and says, hey, how does Jaden Mickens handle things? He's going to give him glowing rem remarks. Why? Because here he is teaching a guy, Jalen Darden, his rookie season, to basically compete with him to be the return guy on his football team. Yeah, and you can't say anything bad about Mickens and doing that and Bruce Arians. We mentioned uh, Byron Leftwich had you know, possibly giving glowing remarks about him in the future. But Bruce Arians talked about how good of a veteran that Jaden Mickens is. Another item of note from this past week's OTAs was I got to see Kyle Trask for the first time in person. And we're going to see him more and more with uh, the more primary receivers on this football team starting next week at mandatory minicamp. But something that stuck out to me was his accuracy and the fact that he already seems to have a connection with one Tanner Hudson and Tanner Hudson because of injuries at tight end on this football team uh, was a guy that got some playing time in the playoffs and and things like that last year and having a connection like that with a guy whether you're on the scout team second team third team offense that's a connection that can help both guys moving forward, in my opinion, when you're talking about training camp, if you have that kind of connection with one of your receivers, it's going to make you both look good. And I thought Trask looked good so far. Bruce Arians was asked about him again after practice, and he didn't go as far as to say he was there with Andrew Luck, a guy that he's very familiar with. But as far as the mental game goes and picking up this offense, he said that Kyle Trask is right behind Andrew Luck. And you know, may, he's not Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, to me, still was more ready than any quarterback I've ever seen in college football to come in on day one and be a starting quarterback in this league, which he did, and led a football team that was, I think, 1-15 the year prior to the playoffs the next year. But hearing him even in that same ballpark really got me excited for the future of Kyle Trask because Bruce just doesn't throw around comparisons like that yeah the comparison is in regards to the classroom mm -hmm. inside the facility when you're in the when you're in the offensive room or when you're in the the quarterback's room and you're telling something Kyle Trask for the first time in the NFL he picked it up like Andrew Luck did back in the Indianapolis days when Bruce was his offensive coordinator that's it not in regards to how he throws the football, how he runs the offense, nothing like that. It's about him picking up the offense. And he did it right now, as well as Andrew Luck did back when Luck was in this stage of his career. Rookie career, rookie minicamp, OTAs, the, compar the comparison <laughs> starts and ends there. As far as Trask is, is concerned and, and how he looked, and his connections with Tanner Hudson. Here's the thing when it comes to the second, third string quarterback and, and anyone else who is working 
and, and is trying to be the guy on this football team, you put in the extra time after practices. You and I have walked away from the Evan Health Training Center, well, one buck, and we look around and there's guys still out there getting extra working, not just on the jug machine catching footballs, but working with a quarterback, wide receivers with quarterbacks. Because again, you mentioned the connection and the guy that you're going to play with the most is Kyle Trask if you're the third string wide receiver or if, if you're even further down the line. You want that connection and you want to get that extra work. And so, yeah, when it, when it comes to wanting to look good, it's great because come preseason, that's who those guys are going to play with. Trask is going to play with Tan Hudson and the rest of the, those guys who are third and fourth on the depth chart, even further down on the depth chart, especially when it comes to the wide receivers. So get the extra work in, get the, get the relationship going, because as you mentioned earlier, as far as the tape's concerned, when it comes to not just Kyle Trask, but when it comes to he's working with, they want to put quality tape out there. And preseason is the opportunity to get quality tape out there. When it comes to Trask and, and Bruce's comments about him too, I mean, Byron Leftwich met with the, with the media on Wednesday, too, and, and talked about Trask, too. And, and one of the things he mentioned in regards to kind of made me think about you was the fact that Leftwich said he started with the first brick, meaning the foundation of how he's going to be in the NFL, which means they don't know what they have yet, Trey Downey. So we have to slowly build him to find out if he's capable of being the backup and one snap away of playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we'll start to see more of that at mandatory minicamp because it's not just preseason because a lot of the times when you're talking about training camp and mandatory minicamps, these OTAs, you're having, you know, your, your rookies and your undrafted rookies and guys competing for a roster spot going against each other. But once you move into the stage where all of the vets are there, then you're having your scout team offense or your second or third team offense. They're going up against your first team defense. So Kyle Trask is going to have a lot more thrown at him by Todd Bowles and the defense once we get further into this off season. One more item of note before we get to one Tom Brady is the fact that Joe Tryon, Bruce Arians was asked about him again and how close he is. And he said he expects him to be a full participant in mandatory minicamp this coming week. He, he walked right past you and I heading out to the practice field. And we've said it before. We'll say it again. This guy looks the part and I'm very excited when it gets to mandatory minicamp to see him out there next to the likes of Shaq Barrett and JPP and even Will Golston and guys like that and Dominican Sue, just to see how his size shapes up to them in person, especially when we're talking about this guy possibly moving inside as well as outside. Yeah, here's the thing about <laughs> how much uh, we want to put let's just say how much, how much weight we want to put on, pardon the pun, because yeah. that's what he's going to have to do if he's going inside. He's going to have to put on that weight. And we have to see what he looks like 
pads. Yep. That, that's something we haven't seen yet. None of the guys, as a matter of fact. So um, slowly but surely, as, 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 as mini camp gets started this week and eventually we get into training camp, yeah, we'll find out what, what Joe Tryon can do. And we'll also find out how quickly he can add five, 10, 15 pounds. Because I'm sure that's, I don't know this for a fact, but if I had money to bet on it, I would think that's probably one of the things that they want to do to Joe Tryon. Because as we both mentioned, when we saw him, he sure looks the part. And there isn't a whole lot of body fat on him. So he can spare an extra five, 10, 15 pounds. And it's probably going to be muscle the way you build in the NFL. And because of that, again, that leaves open the possibilities of being able to be versatile and play a lot of different positions along that defensive line. But we'll see because Todd Bowles talked about it last week. And when he talked about it, said, let's get him to learn what we do outside first before we worry about playing him inside, which is right. Yeah, definitely going to be the, the you got to pick up the blitz schemes before you can do anything else on this defense, especially when, even though they want to move him inside, having him there as an extra third down rusher is probably going to be what he's primarily used as, as a rookie. Now let's move on from Joe Tryon to one Tom Brady. And Bruce Arians was asked about Tom Brady during uh, the session with the media after practice and how much he would let Tom Brady do at mandatory minicamp following a small knee procedure this offseason. And Bruce said Tom might be doing a lot of coaching because he doesn't know how much he's going to let him do uh, after that knee procedure. But then I believe it came out after that, shortly thereafter, Tom Brady uh, video on his social media channels of him in in practice, moving around and running very well. Now, I don't think that Tom's going to argue with what Bruce wants to do with him, but seeing Tom Brady move around like that in, you know, his private workouts that he's holding with his teammates, and I'm fine with Bruce Arians saying, you know what, Tom, you're going to coach because we see that he's healthy from these workouts. And if anybody can afford to miss or not get action in mandatory minicamp, it's one Tom Brady because look at what he did with this football team last year with a limited practice. Yeah, but that's not his nature. That's yeah, not you're right. You're right. That's not, that's, not how, that's not how he woke up after winning his seventh Super Bowl. He didn't think in terms of, taking any time off he didn't think in terms of how much he how much he, he can avoid doing at mini camp or training camp although it would be a good thing to get as you mentioned the other guys reps including Kyle Trask that's not Tom's nature Tom's not about Tom I mean as much as Bruce may want him to just coach because his knee you know it was worked on and and during the offseason and who wants to get him at 100% and wants him to get through 17 games and also the playoffs, it's not Tom's approach. Tom didn't get to be a seven-time Super Bowl champion and didn't get to be playing in his mid-40s in the NFL at quarterback with, with the idea of, I'm taking time off. It's not his approach. So do we see him out there with oh yeah running around next week? You yes. think so? 
Yes, if Tom has his way, which I'm more than likely thinking that he will, yeah, I, I think I think he'll be out there. I mean, he'll be he'll be in a bubble suit, I mean, <laughs> figuratively, not literally. You're a young um, defensive player on this football team. You want to find a way to not make the team touch Tom Brady. Yeah, just I mean, if, if you're trying to go home early, yeah, I mean, literally. When I say go, I, I don't mean. Like, go home early, you can come back tomorrow. I mean, go home early, get on the plane. We're sending you home early. That, yes, that, that's that's probably the way you would do it if you just bump Tom Brady in uh, mini camp. But now, I don't I don't expect I don't expect them to to not want to participate. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see come Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at the Advent Health Training Center. All three of those practices will be open to the media, and Lynn and I plan on being out there once again. Uh, Another thing to get to when it comes to Tom Brady and that knee were some comments made by quarterback coach Clyde Christensen this past week. You mentioned that he didn't uh, wake up thinking about not participating after the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in in a second. But Christensen made comments that he thought that Brady's knee was a nagging issue all last season and when you're talking about a guy that is Tom Brady's age that does worry me some but then again if it was a nagging issue all last season it didn't come off in his play whatsoever to me at all and that makes what Tom Brady did last season with this football team even more impressive in my opinion did you see any issues as far as when looking at Tom Brady or his mobility in the, in the pocket or anything like that with that knee <laughs> during last season. I mean, he's not moving around that much, but thank still. you very much. That's, yeah. that's why I laughed. You, you put mobility and pocket and Brady in the same, in the same sense. But I, I will say this much because one, one of my favorite players ever to play football was Dan Marino and Dan Marino navigated the pocket better than anybody as well as anyone in history but Tom, but 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 Dan didn't move a whole lot either yeah Dan just sidestepped a lot of stuff Dan just moved around probably in a five to six feet radius which Tom does that's basically what what he does especially now with, with the fact that he's getting a little bit older and he wants to protect himself more um but how can you really tell when it comes to having those nagging injuries on a knee, when again, you're only moving so far. The thing that I would, would say we could tell if he favored the knee when he, when he was throwing, he was throwing off balance, but you didn't see that. You saw there were, I mean, there were times where he threw deep balls like he, it was 20, 2007. Go back to the Scotty went, Miller play against Green Bay. That one, and there's a whole bunch of them that happened at Raymond James in, in 2020, where he was throwing a deep ball. Lord knows, I, I mean, everyone watched him, whether you were at the stadium or you watched it at home. I tweeted about him. I, I sent the videos out. People were questioning his, his uh, long ball ability before the season started, and I tweeted it out. I'm like, what are you, what are you seeing? Because that ball is perfect, whether it was throwing it to O.J. Howard, Scotty Miller, Godwin Evans, he was perfect with the long ball for the most part last year. And 
if the knee did bother him, it certainly didn't take away from being able, his ability to throw a long ball. I'll say this about the long ball and the deep ball and the arm strength questions. To be completely honest, I thought they were a little bit valid going into last season with how things ended in New England. But now looking back at that, that might have been more of a case of who he had to throw who he had to Play, throw to and that and certainly that yeah who he had to throw to you're right but yeah. also the result because you get more you get a little bit more scrutiny and you get a little more you know, I guess you get a little more critical when the result is oh they didn't win oh they lost oh he threw his last pass in New England was a pick six. Well, I'm not even talking about just that game against Tennessee where they lost. I thought going through the season, he had looked like he had lost a step a little bit, to be completely honest. Maybe it was just the rejuvenation of, you know, what we've seen this week came out. I believe Pro Football Focus ranked as the best wide receiver, uh, not even tandem, the best wide receiving core in the NFL, which I cannot argue with whatsoever. The Bucs have the best group of wide receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. So looking back at it, I think that that had more to do do with it than anything else. And he's clearly motivated because Clyde Christensen also told the media this week that the morning after he won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, he called Clyde not just to say thank you, you know, what are you doing this, this offseason, coach? He said, man, I think that we're just scratching the surface that we really could have been that much better this season. And I don't know how much better they could have been than what they were in the playoffs, but I think that's when they reached their potential because they certainly performed a lot better during that last great stretch of games than they did at certain points during the season. You want to point to New York, you want to point to Chicago, uh, you want to point to the Saints games, whatever you want to do. But do you think that the Bucs can get that that much better? Because I think, I, I mean, their peak was Super Bowl champions already. And I don't think that they need to be that much better than they were in the playoffs. But Tom obviously thinks that they can they can still get even better. Yeah, they, as you mentioned, Christensen, Clyde Christensen, the quarterback's coach, and Tom FaceTimed each other after winning the Super Bowl. And when it comes to, when it comes to coaches, and when it comes to players, there aren't a whole lot of them, but when it comes to players like Tom Brady, they don't always think about what went right. They think about what went wrong. They think about how they can get better. That's how Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and, and a lot of the head coaches who've been successful, like Bruce Arians, think, what can we fix to make sure we are better? Not only that, they know everyone is going to be gunning for them. When you're the defending champions, that's exactly what you get. You get everyone's best game and everyone is trying to get what you got last year. So because of that, you have a quarterback that has the mindset of thinking, what did we do wrong so we can fix it? And that's, and that's exactly how champions think. And it, I mean, when you think about some of the regular season games, were there things that you could probably fix? Yeah, absolutely. Were there things that maybe left things in balance in some of the games in the playoffs? Certainly not in the Super Bowl. But New England, the Green Bay game, 
and the New Orleans game. The Washington game, even. Even the Washington game. Maybe there's some plays that left the game in balance that you probably want to clean up. Absolutely. And like I said, when it comes to the regular season, the regular season is is, is such a long stretch where you're going to have your your ups and downs for the most part, (laughs) unless you're the 2007 New England Patriots, who ironically is probably how Tom is thinking. He's probably thinking, man, we've got as as much talent as the 2007 Patriots had. And and honestly, can you argue that? The only difference is is that Tom is 13, 14 years older. That's it. But talent-wise, I mean, there's no Hall of Fame, one stick-out Hall of Fame Randy Moss wide receiver. But collectively? Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. But no, Randy he's not, Moss Ra- he's not Randy Moss. He's not Randy That's what Moss, I'm talking about. Randy Moss is on a famer. different planet. No, but I'm talking about one of a kind. I got you. Randy I got Moss. you. I got you. He's on a different, he's on a different, different plateau. You know, there's there's rice and there's moss, and even TO. And there's no and there's nothing stop, stop, stop. There's nothing that stop. What you have to tell me about TO? You had me till you till you threw TO in there. Please. TO's a monster, man. Don't sell, don't sell that man short, man. Monster. Monster. Anyway, when it comes to, I said collectively, those wide receivers, they match up with the 2007 Patriots. Certainly do that. Yeah. I mean, so again, collectively, talent-wise. There's, there's plenty of talent. And don't, don't stop, stop, stop me when I talk about T.O. No, please. You can, you can have your crazy opinions about Will Smith being the greatest rapper. There's a Never lot more people. There's a lot more people on, there's a lot more people on the T.O. bandwagon than the Will Smith is the greatest rapper of all time. Those words never, ever came out of my mouth. I enjoy his music, but I never once said that he is the greatest rapper of all time. Didn't come clearly out of my not. mouth. His music yeah, is not. is uh, very enjoyable. You, you must like T.O. because you like doing crunches in your driveway or something like that. Uh, no, just, uh, I give credit where credit to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no, at his peak, he was great. This, the, shenanigans, the shenanigans turns me off. But when it comes to Sundays, Sundays? What he did in that Super Bowl Monster. with a broken leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, against the Patriots was, yes. was ridiculous. I'll give you that. Yes, I just don't, you don't you don't have to give me anything. It's the truth. The sometimes the, the go ahead. I'm I'm just thinking. I I want to have the stats in front of me, but I was going to question his longevity versus Rice no, and dude. Moss. No, but maybe no. I'm a little bit. I'm a little yeah. off there. Because don't give me. Don't Some get of me his wrong. early days with San Francisco were slightly before like my time when I was super into football. Don't get me wrong, because the latter part of his career was kind of felt like, you know, stack padding, so to speak. Yeah. But uh-uh, dude, the stuff that he did in San Francisco and even Philadelphia that one year, no, dude, dude is a beast. Yeah, he he definitely definitely had his time on the football field and is definitely a deserving hall of famer that's going to do it for this week's show as i said next week we will be back talking mandatory mini camp when you don't want to talk about a b what are we going to talk about this time no byron leftwich compared uh jalen darden's mannerisms and skill set similar to a b when a b came out of college fine fine was was uh 
was Leftwich on the Steelers then during uh, yes, he was. During AB's rookie season? Yes, he was. Yeah. Well, that's I high mean, praise. No, 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 it is because it's high praise. But let's again, again, just like we said about Trask and Luck at this stage of their rookie seasons, this is how Darden is handling things the same way AB did his rookie season through rookie, rookie camp and OTAs. So that's where they're at. Yeah. Not to, we're not, I'm not telling you, and nor are you, and, and, and Byron Leftwich is not saying, oh, you know, uh, he's going he's gonna to be Antonio Brown in the NFL and he's going he's gonna to be a monster wife. He's not saying that. He's saying when it comes to his mannerisms, how he handles his business, his skill set, it's similar to what he saw Antonio Brown come into the NFL his rookie season. And I have no issue if that's who he is on the field. Uh, a lot of my issue with Antonio Brown, as I've said, have been with a lot of the off the field stuff and even the on the field practice field stuff and how he was in the locker room sometimes. So if that's who he is on, on the field, that would be another phenomenal addition to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Now, next week we will see that entire offense. Probably not Antonio Brown as he is still uh, recovering from uh, surgery of his own, but we will see more of the wide receivers, you know, Tyler Johnson, Justin Watson. Most of the veterans are expected to be at mandatory minicamp at the Advent Health Training Center this week in Tampa Bay. Lynn and I for Bucks Nation will be on the scene. And you can follow Lynn on Twitter for all of the you know, videos from practice, from Bruce Arians after practice, all of that at Elmar810. You can follow myself at TD Experience. You can follow everything that is put out on Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation and check out the website as well, BucksNation.com. Subscribe to the podcast. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.